My task is to talk about what it's like as a carer from personal experience. And I think I'm going to start off giving you my qualifications for that, because otherwise why should you listen to me at all? I cared for both my parents for 14 years. Both of them had dementia. Dad had stroke-induced dementia and Mum had Alzheimer's. But I'm not just speaking for my parents. I'm also speaking for Arena. Arena is a self-funder. She's 72 years old. She had a stroke two, three years ago, but she also has lupus. She can't walk, she can't talk, she can't eat. So she's fed through a peg, she's in a wheelchair, she's completely isolated. She is a self-funder and she feels she's being abused by the agency who are looking after her. And when I nag her and say, why don't you do something? She says, well, I'm afraid, what can I do? And I'm at the moment trying to find a way through. And in fact, several of the people I've spoken to today have given me ideas as to how to help her. So I'm speaking for her as well as for people like my parents. I'm also speaking for Ollie. Ollie is a 16-year-old boy and he's just lost all the carers he's had all his life. He can't walk either. He can't talk either. He is doubly incontinent, as Irina is, by the way. And Ollie has lost all his friends suddenly because he's suddenly moved into adult care. And that means that he gets a completely different set of people. And he is heartbroken. And his parents are heartbroken for him. And I'm also speaking for Phoebe. Or rather, I'm speaking for Hubert, who's Phoebe's husband. Phoebe has dementia. She used to be one of Mum's best friends. Hubert is 79. He spent recently about eight weeks waiting for a hip replacement, despite the fact he was in huge pain because he couldn't get replacement care that he, that he felt comfortable with. So I'm not just speaking for my parents. I'm speaking for all those people too, and hundreds, thousands of other people people who need a care, service users, you call them. But let me speak about my parents, because those are the people for whom I personally cared. My dad had a stroke overnight. It took him down, but not out, which was a bit of a sod, really, because he didn't have a lasting power of attorney, or enduring powers of attorney, as it was called then. He did have a will, but of course that was useless, because he wasn't dead. So mum was left not knowing how much money she had because, of course, the minute dad had a stroke, all his bank accounts became frozen. As he didn't have a lasting power of attorney, we couldn't get access to them. I had to become his receiver under the Court of Protection. Less said about that, the better. That was a complete nightmare. I was the sort of person, the only experience I'd had with money up till then was discussing my overdraft with my bank manager. So I went through a very high learning curve on looking after stocks and shares, not that my parents had a lot, but um, lots of things that I didn't have. Mum was diagnosed with dementia, with Alzheimer's, three years later. Dad had stroke-induced dementia. I didn't know what to do about Mum. At that point, Dad was in a nursing home, and incidentally, we were asked, or I was asked as his receiver, to top up the amount of money he was paying. And it didn't even occur to me that there was any alternative or that this wasn't the way it should have gone. So I was paying out of my family's money for Dad to be in the home he was in. We spent a lot of money on that. Mum came to live with me. I looked at homes for her, but because she had a diagnosis of dementia, and those who advocate early diagnosis of dementia need to bear this in mind. Because she had a diagnosis of dementia, she wasn't allowed into many homes, and so the homes I looked at were nursing homes. And anyone who's had experience of looking at a nursing home for people with dementia, 
at a very early stage in their caring career, when they don't know much about dementia and their mum or whoever is, is still fine, it's frightening. It, I took one look and I thought, no, I, I just can't do this. So I brought mum to live with me. I was working full-time, had quite a responsible job, but I thought I looked at every other option that I could think of and this was the only one I could tolerate. So she came to live with me. And at first it was lovely. I adored my mum. I used to give lectures and she'd come along and she'd sit in the front as you are there and she'd smile and nod. And anyone who's ever lectured knows that somebody who's smiling and nodding in the the first row is a very good thing. And she obviously thought I was the bee's knees and so all my lectures went really well. And we used to go to the cinema, we went to the theatre, we went to the opera, we went, we did loads of things and she absolutely loved it and she used to say, I do like living with you and give me a big kiss and it was great fun. But I can see that you're all waiting for me to say that it didn't last. It didn't last. Her dementia progressed and by the end she was doubly incontinent. She couldn't speak, she couldn't use the loo, she couldn't feed herself. Some of the time she could, some of the time she couldn't, she couldn't dress herself. She became hugely depressed at various times. It became very, very difficult. By this time, I'd been caring for about five, seven years or something, and I didn't know I was a carer. I first started thinking of myself as a carer when I suddenly thought, I can't do this. There is absolutely no way I can, I can carry on working full-time and looking after mum like this. I rang up social services and I said, I understand I need a carer's assessment. And the chap said, oh, I wouldn't bother, he said, even if you have one and they say that you need something, we haven't got the money, so you won't get it. So I thought, oh, okay, put the phone down. That was it for my carer's assessment. Two years later, by which time I was absolutely at my wit's end and mum was really very bad, we finally got some respite care. Apparently I'd been eligible for it for two years, but I hadn't even known about it. Finally got respite care. I went to the home, I checked it out, I looked at it, it looks fine. I went off for the week and I was told that I shouldn't ring the home, I should just go away and enjoy myself, which I did. I came back, I was looking forward to seeing mum and the bus drew up outside and she was looking out of the window like a Belson victim. And she came off the bus and she threw herself into my arms and she sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And when I got her inside, she was filthy. She had faeces impacted in her fingernails, all down her thighs. She had no teeth, they'd lost her teeth. She had no bra. She had chosen not to wear it. They said, well, mum actually at that point didn't choose anything very much. She must have got filthy on the way home, they said. Some homes are brilliant and the home that mum eventually had to go into was brilliant this home was not brilliant she came home i had for one week off i had to spend the next five or six weeks stabilizing her again and i cancelled all the rest of my respite care and i've since heard that many many people do that i couldn't afford to spend five weeks looking after her for one week off just not tenable Money was getting very tight because I was subsidising all this. Um, I mean, if I wanted to go out, I had to get carers in and, you know, it cost me so much for a pizza, but about four times more than that for the carers. Eventually, I was put on to direct payments, the predecessor of personalisation. Now, lots of you have talked about personalisation this morning, and and I have to say, actually, I get rather worried because it was direct payments that did for me in the end, 
Firstly, I took agency care, and the agency promised to have give me a, a, just a small team of carers. They said, da-da, da-da. Well, the first week, there were 11 different carers. I counted them, 11. Mum was looking more and more glum every day. One day I came back, and the chap was sitting, the male carer, which actually I was a bit unhappy with. He was sitting with all his bags packed and his coat on, just waiting to leave the minute I got in through the door. But at least he waited, because the following day I came home and the chap had gone. I was late, I admit I was late, I was five minutes late, but he had gone. So I sacked the caring agency, I thought this can't be done, and instead I advertised, interviewed, checked references, made out contracts, did tax and national insurance. This, I might point out, was on top of my full-time job. And also I would get home from my work exhausted already, I expect you are after a full day's work, and I would then take over the job of the carer who would go home and have her evening off, but I would be doing her job at that point. And now I was employing six people. I have three degrees. I'm computer literate. I'm financially literate. But I was looking at the computer, trying to look at the Inland Revenue site on caring, and there were tears pouring down my face because I thought, I do not understand this. I don't understand a word. I just cannot take the time and the mental space to work this out. Not possible. And about a few weeks later, four weeks later, I, I just hit a brick wall. I started crying, couldn't stop crying. They got the doctor in, they got this, and mum had to go into a home. Absolutely not what I wanted, but actually she loved it. And I loved it too, I have to say. <laughs> she got a new lease of life, actually, from that home. I, I think my stress was affecting her, sadly. Anyway, mum went into a home and six months later she died and she died very suddenly I can't bring myself to wish for her back for obvious reasons I did write a book it's called Keeping Mum Caring for Someone with Dementia and it's based on the blog that I wrote for Saga magazine whilst I was caring for mum and I use this blog as just a, a way of getting rid of all my angst so it had all the good things and all the bad things and it had a huge readership and it was very popular and the book is based on that. And I've also tried to add in it advice that I think, and not just me, other carers that I know, and that's actually quite a lot of carers after 14 years, I said to everyone, what do you wish you had known? What would you tell a carer? And I've tried to put it in there. I hugely welcome the Dilnot report. At first I didn't understand it and uh, there were a few things that I needed to check out because I thought, actually I would spend more than 35,000 on my care, maybe this cap is just a little low. But actually I thought the way Andrew explained it today was really very good and it convinced me and I'm going to be now advocating this all over the place and I want you to do the same because if we can change this broken system, we must because it's not working. There are carers like me who are absolutely at their wit's end. And I managed to keep my job throughout this, but many people give up. And it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. So there are two things I'd like you to do. Okay, one of them is find one of these forms out on the Carers UK thing. It says, our care system is broken and needs reform. And you write it to your MP and put a stamp on it. Now, if you can't afford a stamp, Write it out, give it to me, and I'll put a stamp on it and stick it in the post for you. So do that for me. And the other thing, I said to carers, I said on my blog, and I've said in my book, 
my caring days are over. Both my parents are dead. There is no one else, well, apart from the cat, for whom I need to care. But I have promised that I'm not going to forget carers and that I will do everything in my power to help. And if I can help by speaking to any organisation of yours, I will do so, consistent with my other commitments, obviously. And what's more, I'll do it for nothing. So if you think I could be of use to something, some project that you're doing that would help carers, then just ask me. And if I can, I will. There's the website of the book. And if I can link that website to anything of yours, very happy to do so. Of course, it's linked to Carers UK. And there's a blog on there and a chat site and so on. I mean, it's still early days on this one, but, uh, and I'm going to hand it over to Carers UK when I finish. <laughs> but I think we need to do everything we possibly can. It can't be kicked into the long grass. It would be terrible. That's all I have to say. Thank you for listening.